Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Stacking the Box. Uh, the NFL uh, 2024 season uh, has kind of already begun because the NFL Combine has begun, which is kind of the start of the season. So here we are. Super Bowl is just a few weeks ago. We're already getting ready for the 2024 season. Sterling Holmes joining me once again. How are you doing, Sterling? Good. I think it's uh, the start of the new season for 31 other teams. We're still basking in the glory of the Super Bowl victory if you are a Chiefs fan. But yes, you're correct. The combine started, got underway yesterday. And every team, including the Chiefs now, this is a time where you have to get back to the grind. You had a couple weeks to celebrate if you're a head coach, if you're a player, maybe even a little bit longer. But if you're a coach, you're a scout, this is your time to shine. This is your Super Bowl. Yes, exactly. Uh, and this is for uh, fans of teams like my Falcons, like I am. Uh, this is kind of the most exciting part of the year because we have a top. If you have a, if your team has a top ten pick in the draft, the draft is the most exciting part of the year because most likely during the season you don't have a lot to look forward to. It's painful. Your team loses every week. Now is the time when those losses pay off. Now we get some excitement. You get to read some mock drafts. Uh, you get to watch a combine. You get to figure out what position that you want your team to draft. It's 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 the exciting part of the NFL season for those of us who cheer for bad teams. I, I'm with you, man. I, I know as well as anyone at working for the 10 win 76ers <laughs> season sucked. Sorry, Ish Smith and Isaiah Cannon. I apologize. Uh, not taking a shot at you, but your shots weren't going in. It was all about can they get Ben Simmons, which they did. And we know how that turned out. But again, hope is for everyone. Hope springs eternal this time of year. Trust the process. TTP. Still trusting. Uh, so before we get into the show here, uh, I need to let you know about DraftKings, because if you haven't signed up for DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you doing? Do it now. New customers will get a second chance bet up to $1,000 when signing up with their promo code STB. That means if your first bet loses, you'll get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1 thousand dollars signing up with our code stb not only covers your first bet but also gets you access to daily rewards and other profit boosts if you're looking to join DraftKings, go download the app and register with our promo code stb to make sure your first bet is covered this offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states please remember to always gamble responsibly check this episode for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify yes the nfl season is over but still there's things to bet on go ahead and bet on the lpga Patty T, 28 to 1, another winner for me last week. I was about so, to give you so much credit right there. I, I don't know how Ian does it. I'm not trying to gas him up. You, Everyone who listens to this show knows as well as I do. It's so fun when we rip on each other. 
But you got to give credit where credit is due. And Ian somehow is the greatest LPGA gambler of all time. Like, I don't think it's close. We're not talking top fives or top 10 finishes. We're talking outrights. A 28 to 1 outright. Ian just hit. Um, Ian, here's to you, pal. You might not be able to beat me in Survivor, but you kicked my ass very, very easily when it comes to LPGA. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm I, I'm thinking about just retiring and betting on women's golf uh, uh, for a living for the rest of my life. So uh, go ahead, sign up for uh, an account at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code STB and bet on Yuka Sasau at 40 to 1 this week. And even if it loses, if you use code STB when you sign up, you'll get the money back in bonus bets. So there you go. Um, Wait, time out. I'm not saying you should do this, but you get it back up to 1,000, right? I'm not saying you should do this. Again, this is a horrible idea. Please do not take this advice. You put a thousand on 40 to one. Yep. Let's just say it hits, for example, here. What you walking away with? $40,000. You're walking away with $40,000. Ian, yes. I, I am. If I didn't already have a DraftKings account. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. That's <laughs> I don't about recommend it. putting a thousand dollars on an LP. I don't even know if you'd be able to bet that amount on an LPGA rate. To be honest, they might have some small limits. <laughs> um, but if you don't want to bet a thousand, you can bet a hundred. And if it loses, you'll get your money back. If it's you the confidence. It doesn't have, have to be a thousand dollar bet. It's just the confidence I have in you, Ian. That should Thank that you. that should speak volumes. I appreciate that. Um, so let's get in the show. We're going to skip over biggest winners and losers from this past week uh, because I don't think enough happened for us yeah. to quantify a, a winner or a loser unless you have someone that you can think of is a pretty slow news week. Yeah, there, there, there's nothing that really jumped out. I guess biggest winner, I'll say Cam Newton. Cam yep. Newton for fighting like off four to six youths at some camp and if you try to jump cam newton it's not going to end well i don't care how strong or big or tough you think you are i don't care if you got your boys with you you're losing man like i i I don't care ian if you me richard and the entire arrowhead addict squad let's get them involved as well if we all tried to go after cam newton we're getting our ass kicked cam newton he threw the the uno reverse card down yeah like it was like an adult playing with a four-year-old kid where you have your arm and the kids are just swinging like this and they can't get your body. Like it was, it goes to show you how large and strong these dudes are in the NFL and especially Cam Newton. That guy is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he once carried the entire Falcons defense on his back 10 yards down the field. So um, yeah, I would not mess with Cam Newton. Um I don't know why that guy did it. I saw a video of him afterwards bragging about the fact that he beat up Cam Newton. I don't know what. I, yeah, obviously has some issues with delusion because he got handled. Uh, very weird situation. But yeah, Cam Newton came with the winner from that one. Uh, so let's dive into the top story, which I think right now is uh, head coaching hires. We haven't uh, talked about this too much uh, over the past few weeks since all these new head coaches uh, were hired. We touched on them a little bit. Uh, last week, but I figured we could dive into it a little bit more. So we're going to go through what we think was the best head coaching hire, the worst head coaching hire, and then the uh, biggest name that we're surprised by that has not been hired as a head coach. Uh, so why don't you start us off, uh, Sterling? Who who do you think was the best head coaching hire this offseason so far? Heading back just very quickly. Yeah, I have, I have my biggest loser. Okay, let's hear it. Florio. Why? What did he say? I missed it. 
Oh, Andy Reid's getting an extension, of course, or at least a revamped contract, supposedly making the highest paid head coach in football. But mm-hmm. uh, you know how just a couple weeks ago, he's like, well, Andy Reid's going to retire. Maybe, possibly, according to our uh, source. I looked it up. There were seven at least in a two paragraph um, subsect where he had the words could, potentially, possibly, might. And you're sitting here going, this is completely unfounded, yet Florio time and time again um, keeps throwing this garbage per a source. Cl- like, dog, you have zero idea what you're talking about. Either your source is completely wrong or you're – I don't want to say he's lying because I feel like that's – I don't understand why he keeps with this narrative. Jim Harbaugh is 60, right? He's 60. Guess old P- – um, uh, Sean Payton is 60. Guess old Andy Reid is 65. Guess old Pete Carroll and Belichick are 71. And I forget how old Pete Carroll is 72. And they keep talking about how they're going to get next opportunities. Everyone in the national media is talking about that. But somehow Andy Reid, because he's sturdy and has a mustache, it ages him 15 years. Like it blows my mind. I get he's not the pinnacle of health, but Andy Reid is football. What would he, you, you think Andy Reid's going to go fishing? What is he going to do when he retires? Is he a golfer? No, he'll hang up those Air Force Ones when he's good and ready. Right now, football is his life. So I'm sick and tired of these unfounded articles that just throw possibly, maybe, could be, according to source. And they're completely uh, just fictional. A, a fictional, a gas from the truth. And so it blows my mind. So biggest loser is that guy since Andy Reid is now supposedly getting um, now here's me saying supposedly getting, but, um, according to a source, uh, going to become the highest paid head coach in football. So, yeah, that's kind of Florio shtick as he just hears a rumor and then writes articles about it. But I mean, like, yeah, and er- almost everything he says is could be possibly maybe, but I mean, like anything could happen. Yeah. I, I mean, you could say that about literally anything. It's the, uh, it's the Shanahan thing when is Jimmy G going to be your quarterback? And he goes, well, are anyone going to go, is anyone going to be alive on Sunday? Right. And you're like, well, okay, good. <laughs> Touche. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, all right, best head coach hire so far. Uh, sorry, I went on a rant there. Best head coach hire, Jim Harbaugh. 
Um, he's done nothing but win. Uh, even in his short tenure in the NFL with San Fran, he took a horrendous team, turned him into a perennial contender, especially in the NFC West. Um, again, I don't know if it's going to be that quick in in LA with the Chargers because I think there's a lot of cap issues that I don't know how much he's going to have a say in. But overall, they got their guy. Like, I think Jim Harbaugh was probably the most sought after head coach on the open market, and the Chargers got them. So I think this, for me, was the best head coach hire. Yeah, I think that's obviously uh, the obvious choice. I've seen some poll results, and that's, you know, by and large, the, the number one choice for most people. I'd go with Raheem Morris, though, uh, of course, bias aside. Uh, I talked about Raheem Morris a little bit last week, but I think he was a fantastic hire for the Falcons because I think he learned a lot from his previous head coaching experience. And I think he's coming into this one serving as more of the CEO of the team, like we've seen with guys from Dan Campbell. He's hiring the right coordinators. He's going to let the coordinators take over the the majority of the work, both on offense and defense. And then he's going to just kind of be a leader of men. And by all accounts, he's one of the most liked figures in the NFL um, I read that one of the reasons why the Falcons ended up hiring because he was showing them texts from uh, coordinators. This turned out to me be most likely uh, Zach Robinson and some other players saying that if he signs with uh, the Falcons uh, as their head coach, that he that they would want to come play in Atlanta. So he's obviously a very well liked guy, and if a guy like that can be that type of head coach instead of an overbearing head coach that needs to have the final say in every single detail. Then I think I think he's going to be set up for success. I think the Falcons are going to be set up set up for success. So in terms of fit, I mean, a guy who's already been with the organization, um, a guy who uh, you know knows that locker room, a guy who people in the locker room like him. I I think it's a perfect fit for Atlanta. So I will say Raheem Morris. Yeah, I like that one. I, I think you're right. Maybe even in the ilk as like a Dan Campbell type, a, a different styles probably. But as far as your the CEO type. Right. Yep. I, I think it's a very good call for me. I think an honorable mention. Love to get your thoughts here. I, I think Antonio Pierce. Um, I don't know what he's going to be, but the fact that his players rallied around and were so outspoken about him, you have to go that way. And the Raiders had a chance a couple of years ago when they had um, Basaccia, right? Rich Basaccia. And they went a different way. They went with Josh McDaniels, who was, I have zero idea how you ever got another head coaching job. That dude was a train wreck. It happened exactly how we all thought it was going to happen. Yeah, then, I think it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, but this time, they, I think they got it right. I think this time they they went with what the players thought. Now, they might be wrong. Right. But you have to keep Max Crosby happy. You have to keep the guys you're building around happy. And if this makes them happy, then they're probably going to stick around and play longer. Max Crosby is your franchise icon right now. Right. It sounds silly, but in the same way that you want to keep Mahomes happy, the same way in NBA you want to keep LeBron happy, you wanted to keep Michael Jordan happy. At least they never really kept Jordan happy. Let's be real now. Jerry Cruz and the rest of the squad kind of uh, ruffled some feathers, but you want to keep your franchise player happy. This keeps him happy. Yeah, I think Antonio Pierce is is an interesting case because I think he was obviously the right hire for the Raiders, but also like if any other team hired Antonio Pierce, then would we have said it was a great hire by, by that team? I don't think so. Like if the Falcons hired Antonio Pierce, would it be like, oh, great signing by the Falcons? No, I don't think we would be saying that at all. But I think it is the perfect fit for the Raiders, specifically of the situation they were in last time uh, where they didn't keep the head coach, the interim head coach who succeeded at the end of the year. And then it was a disaster when they hired Josh McDaniels. Now I think they're kind of forced to do that. And also the Raiders, not only did they uh, look better in the second half of the season, 
uh, when Antonio Pierce took over, but statistically much better team, especially defensively. Their defense is one of the best in the NFL the final third of the season. So uh, it is an interesting case where I think it was a great hire for the Raiders uh, and kind of what they had to do. But not necessarily because I think Antonio Pierce would be a great head coach no matter where he went. Uh, I would not be saying the same thing if it was someone else who hired him. So a little bit of a unique and interesting case there. Yeah, he's a Raider. I mean, he's a Raider through and through. He he fits that mold. Uh, Worst head coach hire, or you have a coordinator here for for worst coach hired. Yeah. I'm going to agree with this one, of course. Yeah, I think you took my head coach. Instead of doubling down, I decided to go with uh, Arthur Smith. Former head coach of the Falcons, uh, who's going to be OC of the Steelers, because why would you not go back to basically Matt Canada 2.0? I, I, I don't understand this whatsoever. The Steelers just canned a guy who ran a very bland, horrendous style offense. Now I get it. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a guy who's this stud who can elevate. But that means your offensive coordinator position your head, that, 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 that coach needs to be even better and more creative, not more bland, not trying to get the ball to your third string tight end perpetually while you have stars struggle to get the rock. So this is a bad move. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, sorry, probably not getting the ball. Um, whoever the fifth string wide receiver is, get ready to have 800 yards. Yeah, and I, what's interesting about Arthur Smith and the reason why I got head car, uh hired as the head coach with Atlanta and now hired with the offensive coordinator with the Steelers. He was the offensive coordinator for two years with the Titans. And there's a two years Derrick Henry was, you know, the best running back in the NFL. So how much of Derrick Henry was Arthur Smith's offensive system and how much was Derrick Henry being just Derrick Henry? It seems clear to me now after his time with Atlanta that that was mostly Derrick. It's not like the Titans during that run had like this dynamic offense that was unpredictable and there was a ton of motion and they had great game plans. No, their game plan was just to hand the ball to Derrick Henry. And even that Arthur Smith got away from that strategy, which was giving the ball to his best player when he went to Atlanta. So uh, no, this seems like this is a disaster hire. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't see how this is going to pan out. Yeah. It was 75 Derrick Henry handoffs and then 25%. All right. We'll do play action with Ryan Tannehill because there's nine dudes in the box. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, Dan Quinn for the worst head coaching hire. I think that I don't, I think everyone would say Dan Quinn, obviously I'm familiar with him being with Atlanta. And um, I think now it is clear that a lot of the success that the Falcons had when Dan Quinn was there was not because of necessarily Dan Quinn. I think it was uh, Kyle Shanahan, who was our offensive coordinator when the Falcons offense was uh, the best in the NFL and went to the Super Bowl. And then Kyle Shanahan left to coach the 49ers and the Falcons fell off two straight years. And then Dan Quinn got fired. So their success correlated with when Kyle Shanahan was there. Now is Dan Quinn, a great coordinator. Sure. I would say he's probably a, a very good defensive coordinator, but some coaches are just meant to be coordinators and not meant to be head coaches. And Hey, maybe he learned from his stint in Atlanta. Maybe he'll be better, but uh I thought there were a lot better candidates out there that Washington could have gone with over Dan Quinn. So I I think that's easily the worst head coaching hire. Yeah, it was interesting. I felt like he was going to be a slam dunk hire over the past two seasons. And then all of a sudden we saw what happened in the playoffs and we're like, okay, maybe he's just not good in big games, which quite frankly, if you're Washington, you're not there yet, but eventually you will get there. And if you have a guy who you don't trust in big games, like some guys are big game coordinators, big game head coaches, and some guys crumble. Andy Reid for a long time had the moniker that he was horrible in big games. Now, again, you can switch that. 
It helps when you have Mahomes versus Donovan McNabb. Like Shanahan right now is starting to get that label. I'm not saying you don't hire Kyle Shanahan, but let's be real now. Kyle Shanahan is starting to get the moniker of, yeah, he's great, but can he win the big one? Can he win the final one? He's not showing that ability yet. Dan Quinn has obviously not shown that ability and the ability to be a consistently good head coach. I think the defensive coordinator position uh, suits him well. But again, he also had a lot of talent down there in Dallas. It wasn't like um, he elevated that team. It's kind of why Steve Wilkes got canned from San Fran. It's like, yeah, the numbers look decent, but look at the underlying numbers and also realize how much talent is there. I thought Dallas had a very, very talented defense. So how much of that was Dan Quinn? Versus how much of that was, and just just talented offense as well. How much of that was Dan Quinn versus uh, the players themselves? Yeah, for sure. Uh, biggest name surprised uh, that is not hired as head coach. We both have. I think it comes down to two names. I think the two names people would say would be Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. We both think Mike Vrabel is the more surprising coach who has not been hired. Yeah, I'm shocked by this. I'm not shocked by Belichick with his age. Um, I know some folks might say, well, why, you know, is he going to retire anytime soon? Well, maybe not, but if you're trying to build an entire culture shift, don't you want a guy who you think could be there for 10 plus years? I, I like Bill Belichick fits into me on a team that they have all the pieces and it's a one or two year fix. Like I, maybe I'm wrong here. My, my perspective is he wants to win a Super Bowl with another team just to say, Hey, look. I did what Tom Brady did. It wasn't Brady. It was both of us. I could be completely off off base here, but I don't know what team who's looking for a head coach is in that situation, who's in that 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 scenario. There's not one out there. I also think Pete Carroll is, is an interesting one. I was befuddled he got canned, made no sense. Um, I thought Pete Carroll would have a decent market as well, although he is in the same boat as far as age uh, where how long is he going to be around? Do you, does he even want to go to a rebuilding team like, for example, Washington? Uh, I'll throw a name. I think there's a couple names that I was surprised didn't get hired. I think one is Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Lions, but it sounds like he had a chance at the Washington job and decided to stay as the offensive coordinator in Detroit. Um, but the other name that I was surprised by that I actually thought the Falcons might sign as their head coach is uh, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, Bobby Slowick. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Slowick. Uh, very surprised he didn't get a head coaching gig. He seems like the uh, you know prototypical head coach that teams are hiring nowadays, the young, in his 30s, offensive mastermind uh, kind of coach, and Bobby Slowick kind of checks those boxes. Obviously, uh, was the offensive coordinator for C.J. Stroud's rookie season, and he looked unbelievable. Um, I thought if we were talking about getting a guy like that in Atlanta, I thought Bobby Slowick was the clear answer. Now they went with more of a Raheem Morris leader of men guy, and then they got the offensive coordinator is more of that kind of young, you know, passing offense game mastermind. So we'll see how that works out. But I, I think the other name that we didn't mention is Bobby Slowick. I was surprised he's not a head coach right now. Yeah, I thought maybe one more year. I think Ben Johnson was ahead of him. Mm. Again, Vrabel didn't make a lot of sense. I get where people are coming from as far as he might be more of a defensive-minded head coach, but I don't care. When you have the success that he had in Tennessee with what he was working with, they got the one seed with Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. That's very impressive to me. Um if you want to make the case of how sustainable is that in the playoffs, I'll listen. 
But he clearly elevated that team. Yeah, the last two years were not great in Tennessee, but he had even less in the cupboard to work with. Um, Mike Vrabel is a leader of men. When Jared Mayo went to, or I guess stayed with New England, that was a bad sign for Vrabel because I thought Vrabel, it made too much sense. You and I think you and I think we're both on the same page there. When Mayo got that job though in, in, in New England, I, I was intrigued to see where Vrabel would end up going. And right now it looks like he'll be at least taking a year off. Uh, what's going on with Eric Bieniemy? Uh Left Washington. I, does he just not have a job right now? This was a guy who everyone was saying should be a head coach, should be a head coach. Um, and then he went to Washington. Their offense wasn't great in Washington. And now he's just kind of in no man's land. What's your opinion on Eric Bieniemy? I, I think there's rumors that he's kind of hard to work with. The players aren't a big fan of him. Have you heard that? Where does he go no, now? I've what's not kind heard of the that. Case with he, he's in UCLA. He just signed a job at UCLA to be, oh, the, to be the offensive coordinator uh, slash assistant head coach, I believe is what the title officially is. Um, heading back to the college ranks, he said, according to reports, he was not fired. Uh, he did basically decided not to go back, which I found interesting. I, how much of that is truth? How much of that is? Yeah, I wasn't fired. I was let go. Um, I don't know. We might never know the full story there. He made a bad choice. He went to a sinking ship. Right. And the options weren't great. You have to end up either swallowing your pride and go and try and be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. Maybe you come back to Kansas City, but you're not taking the OC job because as much as people and fans and players, maybe they like him better than Matt Nagy. You're not seeing Andy Reid can a guy, especially after winning the Super Bowl. That's not that, that that's not going to happen. So what would he be in Kansas City? So he didn't have good options. He bet on himself. And he went to a bad team. He went to Sam Howell in a horrendous organization I will say there are there is a precedent for him to get back into the NFL. I think the best comparison is Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes was NFL head coach, he was a coordinator, then went to Mizzou as a coordinator, defensive coordinator. He was horrible. He was there half he was decent for the second half of the season, but I mean just absolutely miserable early on. Then he went back to the NFL. Then he got a interim head coaching job. And then he was a DC. Now he's obviously canned again. But I think there is a little bit of a, just because you go, and they're the same age, they're both 54. So just because you go back to college to, to, to work in there, I don't think this means his NFL tenure is completely done, but he's got to grow and work that back up yet again. Timing is key in the NFL, um, and has not been the case for him. He wasn't getting a job over Bobby Slovak. He wasn't getting a job over uh, Ben Johnson. He wasn't getting a job over Vrabel. Like, there were so many good head coaches who were still available. It was a uh, bad timing for uh, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I was intra- I didn't know that he signed with UCLA. So uh, that's news to me. That's interesting. We'll see how that works out for him. Um, all right. Moving on to uh, some other topics uh, around the league. I hope you have something to add to this because I don't. I'm on record. I'm not a salary cap or roster or contract kind of guy. So, Sterling, I hope you can help me out with this. But the NFL has increased their salary cap to $255.4 million. Yeah, it's a $30 million increase, over $30 million increase. It was like 13%, something along those lines. It's a massive jump. Uh, the reason why it jumped so high is because all of the previous COVID measures, as far as they had to pay for certain different things, they're done now. It's gone and it rose this much. The original thought process was it was going to be anywhere from around 240 to $245 million. 
Well, now you get up to 255. If you're a GM, if you're the money guy, you're feeling pretty darn good. But I do want to point this out. Well, I think every single team, Kansas City included, right? You think, oh, well, great. That means we can probably sign Chris Jones, Legereus, maybe a wide receiver. Well, every team's in the same boat now. Every team has more money to throw around. You might start seeing guys overpay or teams, I should say, overpay for players. Like, for example, Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, just hypothetically speaking here, let's say it's $28 million AAV in Kansas City. Let's say you're the Bears. Bears got a lot of money to work with. They're trying to do something in Chicago. They're trying to turn this thing around. Maybe they think Chris Jones is the guy. They pay him $31 million. They're like, well, what's $3 million per year at this point? We got to get something going here. Washington has a lot of money to throw around. What if they say we'll give him $31 million per year? Well, then what does Chris Jones do? $3 million per year over a three- or four-year contract? That's a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a fascinating situation where where I think a lot of these great teams that they, they might have been up against the cap saying, oh, well, now we have some wiggle room. Well, not so fast because every other team now has more money to overpay for players. The winner in this is the players, obviously. The players are going to be thrilled. Um, and if this is a good indicator, you should start seeing the salary cap start getting these bigger jumps year after year after year. Um, some of the playoff games, obviously, as much as I hate it, as much as it irritates me, you know, the game on Peacock, playoff game only. Um, I think this upcoming year is the game going to be on Prime, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's just extra money. So, salary cap's going to keep rising. Um, great indicator here, barring, again, another worldwide disaster. Uh, in case anyone's interested, which teams have the most cap space heading into the offseason? The Titans have the most with 78.5. Then it's the Bears, Patriots, Commanders, and Colts. Uh, Texans and Lions actually coming in uh, sixth and seventh. They're pretty interesting. Lions have the, all that cap space and have an NFC championship team. Uh, least amount of cap space. Uh, Bills, they're in a tough spot this offseason. They're $40 million in the red. <laughs> then the Saints, who have been over cap for a decade. I don't know how that works. Uh, Dolphins, Chargers, Broncos. Tough look for the Broncos as well. Um, where, are the, where are the Chiefs at? Chiefs are in the middle of the pack. They got 16.9 mil in cap space. Falcons have 32.8 in cap space. And what I will also point out right now, those numbers on February 27th, they, they don't mean a ton. Right. For some teams, they do. But for example, just because I know how the Chiefs situation is, MVS most likely is getting released. You add 11 million back onto that. Justin Reed's getting extended. You, you can add whatever the, the cap hit's going to be. It's going to get extended out. So you're going to take away seven or eight million. Uh, Tommy Towns, well, I guess Tommy Towns is already, I guess, technically a free agent. So he doesn't fall into the equation. Mahomes, they can move his contract into a, um, obviously, into a bonus. They could save 30 plus million dollars right there. Like there are so many different ways to circumvent the cap. A lot of it comes down to is the owner willing to pay out of pocket? Because when you get these bonuses, they got to find that money somewhere. Right. So these are owners paying out-of-pocket cash right then and there on these signing bonuses to eventually extend the cap out. Um, if your team's under the cap, it's a bad sign, but I wouldn't say it's the end-all, be-all. For example, the Bills with Von Miller, there's going to be different ways for them to try and work around Von Miller's contract. Again, it's not great, but there always are ways in the NFL, as again you mentioned by the Saints, about a decade now being <laughs> over the cap. Yeah. Uh, Bengals use franchise tag on T Higgins, which you called last week. Makes sense. Nothing really we need to add to that. Well, uh, oh, go I, ahead. I, just very quickly, I, I, I want to get your thoughts. Do, do you think this means 
because I saw a lot of Bengals fans celebrating on on Twitter. And you can look at it from two perspectives. The Bengals have typically been a team that aren't going to spend a ton of money. They're not going to spend a ton of cash. And so maybe they're trying to have one last hurrah with Jamar, T, and Joe Burrow. Cool. One last hurrah. Then T. Higgins hits the open market. That's fine. But part of me is thinking, did they tag him just to trade him? Because I think if you're a Bengal fan, you should be at least wary about that. Because they weren't going to let him go for nothing, obviously. They weren't right. just going to. So, of course, they were going to at least tag him. The Chiefs have a similar situation with Legereus Sneed. He's not going right. to hit the open market. It's either going to be a tag and trade or a tag or a contract extension. Teagans was always going to get franchise tagged. But this does not mean he's playing in Cincinnati next season. So I would pump the brakes just a little bit. I don't know your thoughts there if you think he's there, if he gets traded. But if you're trying to rebuild or build for the future and you're trying to give Joe Burrow and Jamar these contract extensions, you might need to try and get some draft capital back. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I hadn't thought of that possibility of them uh, doing the tag and then trade. Um, I don't know. I don't have thoughts. It's interesting. I have nothing to add. Uh, something I do have uh, something to add to, which I'm very concerned about, is that there's reports JJ McCarthy is soaring up the draft boards, and if JJ McCarthy, the quarterback for the for the Michigan Wolverines, who I will be, I mean, he, he did win a national championship, and I'm not the biggest college football guy, but based on people who I trust in the college football world, not very high on JJ McCarthy, and if he soars up the draft boards, you know where he might end up, Atlanta number eight because probably the top quarterback options unless the falcons trade up which i hope they i kind of hope they do the top quarterback options are going to be off the board and we might be left with jj mccarthy do you have any thoughts on jj mccarthy have you watched enough college football specifically big 10 to comment on jj mccarthy do you think he's gonna have a good nfl career any thoughts on jj mccarthy it's tough like i'm not gonna try and say he can't be a great nfl quarterback but doesn't it feel a little mac jones ish it does feel a lot mac jones is yes who was a dude from georgia um who i mean i know he was like 27 when he entered the nfl draft however it was it was crazy not brandon whedon style but a little younger than that but like you got a great team around you a great coaching staff you have all the best players if you don't, know it's Stetson Bennett from last year. Stetson Bennett, yeah. Like if you don't look good, that's the real issue. Um, I don't have strong thoughts, but typically guys they jump off. Like Caleb Williams jumps off. Drake May wasn't on a great team, obviously, but like he jumped off. Now again, Drake May always makes me nervous. Any of those guys out there in the non-power five or traditional power five, or it makes me nervous. The competition's a little different. But same time, you can find great quarterbacks everywhere. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. You know, sometimes you try and find those toolsy guys. I just don't know if JJ McCarthy has those the the tools. He he just seems very Matt Jones, Stetson Bennett to me. Um, maybe more upside, maybe a little t- more talent than that. But again, what does he end up being? Yeah, I'm trying to find a graph right now that I saw is today or, or yesterday, but. If the Falcons draft J.J. McCarthy, it's the graph I'm going to be looking at every day until the start of the season. It's that it was something like third down, third and fourth down efficiency or, or something like that. And he was in a league of his own compared to the rest of the college quarterbacks. So, um, but then again, that's another thing. How much is that scheme and, and the talent around him? So, well, And he looked great in the solid in the playoffs, right? I mean, that, that's got to count for something against top end talent. Uh, Joshua says J.J. is a juiced up Tua. I, I'll take that. 
I mean, yeah, I think you'd take Tua. I mean, like, like yeah, I, absolutely. I, you, you I, mean, know, I, don't, I don't need to go on the rant today, but Tua's uh, the most disrespected, underrated quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, you know, you know how many teams would like Tua Tagovailoa? Like twenty. Yeah, at least fifteen. Absolutely, I would say twenty. I mean, like, I would love him in Atlanta. I'll take Tua right now. So, I, I don't know, man. It's always so hard, especially quarterback um, rankings when guys are in these powerhouse elite teams, because you can never tell who's lifting the weight. Like with Michael Penix Jr., they have a great team, obviously, like Roma Dunze. But like Michael Penix Jr., you saw against Texas, dropping the ball in the bucket, like just phenomenal throws. Then you also saw him the next game look atrocious. So it's a little bit of a, oh man, where do you go with Michael Penix? That that to me is going to be the um, uh, biggest riser or faller like i could see him falling in the second round like will levis i could yep. also see him being drafted like eighth overall by atlanta yeah facts uh russell wilson came out and said he wants to win two more super bowls and i won a million dollars he didn't even just say one he didn't even say yeah i'd like to win one more super Bowl before i retire he's like no i want two well let me see something here russell wilson is how old russell wilson is 35 uh patrick mahomes is 28 i would have guessed so, russell wilson's older than that so 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 mahomes is going to be in the afc west for let's just say in at least another 10 years right uh that makes russell wilson you know 45 46 at that point so maybe when he gets 46 47 he has a chance to win two more <laughs> I mean, like, they're not winning the AFC West. Like, with Mahomes in the AFC West, it's not going to be Denver. How about, like, let's just, how about let's just state that he just has been, like, a bottom-tier quarterback the past two seasons. How about that? Oh, that's a great call. Is Russ going to be I mean, you can talk about Mahomes being in, its, in his division, but how about just the fact it's not good? I love this. Is Russ going to be QB2 in KC? Yeah, that's how he gets two more rings. He get, becomes a backup in, in Kansas City. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, dude, he's yeah. cheeks, man. He he is just buns. Dude is is washed. I I don't understand why Denver made the move originally. They're going to try and move on from him. I think. I know the cap hits just an atrocity, but also you have to move on at some point. Like at some point, you're just sitting here. What are we doing here? This isn't working. It's a sunk cost. You got to pay for it either way. Let's just get the hell out of this. It's an albatross. Yep. Uh, you put this in the notes. Ravens likely to take Justin Matabuik. Matabike. Uh, Justin Matabike, uh, most likely going to get tagged by the Ravens. Whether it's again, a, a tag and trade. He was phenomenal last year. He was a top five interior defensive lineman last year. Ravens trying to keep the squad back together, obviously. Um, couldn't get it done in the playoffs yet again. Now I think it's finally fair to start having these Lamar Jackson in the playoffs debates. Like I didn't think it was fair up until this upcoming season. Well, it happened. It's time to have this conversation. Um, that team was elite. He he looked uh, he looked bad, man. Uh, but Justin Matabike is a game changer. Um, he was going to be one of the top free agents to hit the free agent market. Obviously, I think him and Chris Jones, the, those interior defensive linemen, those pass rushers. Um, if he stays with 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 Baltimore, that's a big get for for the Ravens to stay. Bucks c- cut Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I don't know what Shaq Barrett has left in the tank. Uh, what was he? Two time All Pro, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's 31 years old. 
Um, really solid edge rush. Let me see what he did last year. Last year, four and a half sacks, not great. Um, hasn't really been a huge factor since 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I guess 2022 only played in eight games. But Pro Bowler in 2021, he was phenomenal in 2019, real solid in 2020. But the last two seasons have been a big drop off. If that's age, could be if that's just the Buccaneers not being great. Not a lot of um, they're trying to get younger as well, obviously. So less playing time for him. Uh, I wonder what Shaq Barrett does or receives on the open market. Uh, and we have another offseason. We're talking about running backs. Franchise tags unlikely for Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, so this is according to ESPN. Um, a lot of running backs who were really good hitting the free agent market. Derrick Henry, free agent. Uh, Josh Jacobs, free agent. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, free agent. Austin Eckler, free agent. Um, I mean, I think it's been shown time and time again, why would you pay big money for a running back? Again, not saying they're not valuable, not saying they don't help move the needle, but is that the way you're going to build your team? You're going to give one of those guys 10, 15 plus million dollars a year when you can get Isaiah Pacheco on a seventh round contract, when you can get Bijan Robinson, first rounder, but on a rookie deal? You know, the shelf life of running backs, it sucks for them. It's not long. Yeah. Todd Gurley is still in his 20s. That's crazy. Let me, look, let, let me confirm. I saw this yesterday, and I, I need to confirm. Todd Gurley is 29. 29 years old. Not everyone's Todd Gurley. I get that. But look at Derrick Henry. He kind of fell off. Josh Jacobs was phenomenal last year. But a couple of years ago, it was even the, the year before, he was really bad. Uh, Saquon Barkley has been hurt multiple times in his career. Austin Eckler's great. He's getting up there in age. Um, when there's so much, so much talent at a position and your shelf life isn't long, it's just economics. Like it sucks, but it's economics, supply and demand. The supply of running backs is up here. The demand is down here. Yeah. It's hard. Todd Gurley is only 29 and the last year he played in the league was 2020. But his stats fell off a cliff. He went from averaging 4.9 yards per carry, winning, was third in voting for, he was all pro in 2018, 4.9 yards per carry, then 3.8 yards per carry, 3.5 yards per carry with the Falcons. Now he's out of the league. It's just tough, man. I, I do feel for these running backs. I know it's tough to say, oh, you feel for these millionaires. Yeah, but like in comparative to the rest of the league. Right. They, they, they take like the most hits, a very physical job. Yep. They don't last the long, very long in the NFL. It's like an offensive line where you can play into your mid thirties. Yep. You know, definitely not a quarterback, but quarterbacks obviously the rare spot. Like even corners and safeties last, linebackers last longer. Yeah, uh, it's just I, I I do feel for running backs in the grand scheme of the NFL. Um, all right, let's finish with this uh, off season wish list. We'll just go with our two favorite teams here. What is uh, you'll talk with the Chiefs, and I'll give the Falcons. Let's go top three. Top three on your wish list for the Chiefs this off season. Chris Jones signs an extension. Number one. Uh, that's, that's number, number one, one for you? Not yep. even close. Number one. Number two, I'm actually entertaining either ways, whether that's a sign an extension for Legereus Sneed or whether that's a tag in trade for Legereus Sneed. I don't think they tag him and then he plays it out in Kansas City. That would surprise me. Chiefs have so much talent and the ability to develop and identify talent in the secondary. They can't at other positions. So if you can trade him for, let's just say, a, a high-end second rounder, 
I think you do it. Like, I, I think you almost have to. The Chiefs only have five to six draft picks. Again, depending on the compensatory picks, you might get one back from Andrew Wiley. You might get one from Juan Thornhill. Remains to be seen. Okay. So you're down some draft picks. You have some holes. Even if you bring back Chris Jones on the defensive line, almost need to make a move there. Linebacker, what happens? Can you bring back Willie Gay Jr. or Drew Tranquil? Uh, then safety, obviously, and cornerback. You want to keep developing talent there. Tackles, obviously, a big spot as well if you don't believe in Donovan Smith or Wanye Morris. So a lot of question marks there. Um, my number three move would be a veteran wide receiver. And this is going to piss off a lot of Chiefs fans. That's not Mike Evans. That's not a high-end guy. I do not want to see the Chiefs spend $25 plus million AAV on a wide receiver. I don't want to see it. Now, you might be saying, Sterling, how could you possibly say that after what you witnessed this year offensively with Kansas City? You mean hoisting Lombardi where Mahomes in the playoffs elevated every single one of his guys? Yeah, that's the game plan. If the regular season might not be as fun as in years past, but for a three or four game sample size, Mahomes and Andy Reid can elevate the receiving core. You have to spend money elsewhere because you know what? Mahomes cannot elevate. He cannot elevate if he's getting sacked and he cannot elevate the defense. So you have to find ways in the salary cap era. Not everyone is going to be an all pro. So where I'm at is you bring in a Josh Reynolds, you bring in a secondary or tertiary guy, you draft another guy. Rasheed Rice is, I think, a top 32 wide receiver next year. I think that's not without, um, I think it's kind of an easy argument. I don't think there's anyone that's going to disagree with that. You bring in a veteran, you draft a guy, maybe the second round, there's your top three, probably. Uh, you still will have some guys, maybe Justin Watson, Skymore on a rookie deal. Maybe you get a little bit of something out of him. Um, but that's the way I see it breaking down. I don't want to see this. Uh, you got to get Mike Evans. You got to get this, that, and the other. Then why would you let Tyreek Hill go? You just saw this. Don't do it again. There you go. Top three. Atlanta, what you got, baby? Uh, number one is obvious. It's it's to get a quarterback, uh, whether that is through the draft, uh, and I hope it's not JJ McCarthy. Whether it's in my hope would be trading up for one of the top guys um, in the draft or signing someone, not Justin Fields, uh, which I guess would be trade, not a sign. Hopefully, they sign Kirk Cousins. Um, the, there was a report today. I forget where I read it, um, but that their strategy according to this report is actually going to be getting aggressive and trading up in the draft for one of the top guys, not signing someone like Kirk cousins. That would be fine. But obviously I'm, I think Kirk cousins makes a lot of sense. Kirk cousins makes the most sense, but for example, you're, you're probably not going to get Caleb or Drake may, but you might get Jaden Daniels. Daniels, I think. Yeah. At four. The issue is the Raiders, I believe have four, right? right. If I'm not, and, they need a quarterback. It would take a lot to get up to four. You would have to almost likely get up to three uh, with the Patriots who want Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I think Kirk Cousins makes the most sense. Are, are you completely out on Justin Fields? Because Yes. Okay. He stinks. I don't yeah, think he, he has electric play. highlights. He has electric highlights. He like one play a game. He looks really good, but he's not a winner. His passing metrics are terrible. And stop it with he, he doesn't have weapons around him. He had weapons last season. It didn't matter. While I completely agree with you, and you and I were on the same page going into this season, we were befuddled by the Justin Field type. Yeah. I've now come to the conclusion that I, I think I've gone, or some folks have gone too far the other way. Like, I don't think he's this horrendous quarterback. I don't get like the MVP hype, 
but I think he's a serviceable quarterback. And I think he would actually be good in Atlanta. Like there are more weapons in Atlanta. And I, I get it. You're the Falcons guy. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. I think Kirk Cousins is number one. But as far as being able to have a running quarterback with all of the weapons that are down there in Atlanta with, by the way, a better offensive line in Atlanta than he had in Chicago. They've tried to revamp Chicago. Maybe it takes a step forward this year with some of those young guys getting into their second and third year. I get that. I think field to be pretty fun in Atlanta. Yeah, but fun and good are two different things. Can you envision Justin Fields winning a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Not a chance. And if my opinion, if your answer to that question is no about a quarterback, then you shouldn't even think about adding him unless he's the last option. If we get to the end of the offseason and for some reason, you know, Kirk Cousins resigns with the, with the Vikings, the Falcons couldn't trade up in the draft, and we have no other quarterback options and we can get Justin Fields for a somewhat cheap price, then yeah, for sure, go with Justin Fields. But there, it, that should be a last resort. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. While I understand that, I also want to point out, if Justin Fields goes to Atlanta, they're making the playoffs next year. Like I I firmly believe that if Justin Fields is the quarterback for this current Atlanta team, they get a couple more pieces and stuff, a couple more smaller pieces. They're going to win the the NFC South. It's horrible. I mean, it's brutal. It's not going to be Carolina. I don't think it's going to be the Saints. I don't think it's going to be the Bucs. As long as you win nine games, 10 seals it. Ten's <laughs> a lock. You win yeah. nine games. I, you win in nine games with Justin Fields compared to Desmond Ritter last year? I th- yeah, I think you are. All right. Uh, so number one is quarterback for the Falcons, obviously. Um, there's a lot of, you know, subcategories of that, but we we definitely need a quarterback. We're not going into next year with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke again. Um, I think there's a better chance of me being quarterback for the Falcons next year than Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter. Cheaper. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. I'll sign for a league minimum. Um, number two is a pass rusher. Much like the Chicago bears are cursed to never get a good quarterback. The Falcons are for some reason cursed to never get a good pass rusher. I don't know what it is. I was just, while you were talking earlier, Sterling, I was trying to look through to see when the last time the Falcons finished in the top 50%, just the top half of the NFL in sack percentage 2017. And that was a one year blip. And then after that, it went, went right every single year. You look at sack percentage, like 28th, 29th. 32nd, 32nd, 26th. We need a pass rusher. Was that the um, one year that one guy had 19 and a half sacks or 20 sacks for you guys? Yeah. Why am I blanking on his name? I know. I'm the same. Then he went to Tennessee, I think. Oh, I would know this. I don't know why I'm having a brain. Come on, Falcons here, but, guy. Um, Vic Beasley, wasn't it? Vic Beasley, I believe, is who it was. Let me verify that. Yeah, Vic Beasley had like what? And that was probably 2017 when we were like 14th in, in sacks. Uh, no, it was actually the year before 15 and a half sacks. He got, yeah. uh, the only thing he ever did in the NFL. And then he completely fell off cliff. Now he hasn't been in the NFL since 2020. So yeah, we had one way. We, we had one year of Vic Beasley. Um, we need a pass rusher. Um, and I wouldn't even be surprised, especially if the Falcons sign like Kirk cousins or another quarterback in free agency. I wouldn't be surprised. Even if they don't, I wouldn't be completely shocked if the Falcons go pass rusher eight overall, if they, if they can't trade up, and get a quarterback that way. Wouldn't be shocked if they go past rusher eight overall. So that's number two. Uh, and no, number three, which actually another, I wouldn't be surprised if they go this position eighth overall in the draft is we need another wide receiver. We obviously have a lot of top end uh, talent. We have Bijan Robinson, a running back, Drake London, wide receiver, Kyle Pitts, a tight end. We do not have a, uh, 
second wide receiver. Uh, let me bring I thought I had my, the depth chart up, but let me just bring this up again. Our number two wide receiver as of right now uh, is Van Jefferson or Daryl Hodge. Drake London is just going to get double teamed every single play. So let's get someone else in there as a number as a wide receiver too. Um, and then, and then we're looking great heading into next season. Our offensive line solid. We don't need a ton of help there. Um, our defense second, I mean, a second corner would, would be, would be nice. Um, AJ Terrell, by the way, didn't have a great season. We need him to step up. Uh, Jesse Bates was in my opinion, could have been defensive player of the year this year. Um, our linebackers are solid. Let's get a pass rusher. If I were to put number four on the wish list, it would be a second corner. Let's get a second wide receiver. And please, for the love of God, let's get a quarterback. Please. I was wrong about Desmond Ritter last year. I said all offseason Desmond Ritter was going to be the guy. Hand up, I was wrong. And I wasn't even close. He sticks. So there you go. I told you. I know. You're right. You're right. But what else else was I going to do? Like, you have to have faith in your team. Do you? Well, if Justin Fields signs with the Falcons, then I will not have faith in my team. <laughs> well, it'll be a couple exciting games, I'm sure. A couple good highlights for Twitter, but then we'll finish 7-10 and 10 again. Uh, all right, we're a little bit of a shorter episode, 10 minutes shorter. Actually, we went longer than I thought we were going to. Um, but yeah, that uh, has been stacked in the box. Any final thoughts, Joel? It's combine week. It's 70 in Kansas City. Hit the sticks if you're in the Midwest. You never know when you'll have another nice day in February. Combine is this week. We'll keep you up to date next Tuesday with all the happenings around the Combine in Indy. Uh, Ian, do you have final thoughts? Yes, just for any Canadian listeners out there, don't worry. I just did the translation for you. That is 21 degrees Celsius in Kansas City. Seems chilly. No, 21 degrees. That's 21 degrees is cold. No, that's 70. Uh, it is not that warm here in New York. It is 12 degrees Celsius here in New York, which let me do the math here. Uh, 53 in Fahrenheit here in New York. So not quite as cold, but still decent day. Um, yeah, there you have it. I will not be golfing because uh, it's too far outside the city. I won't be golfing outside until May. Um, but I hope you enjoyed Sterling. Uh, all right. That has been Stack in the Box. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, rate and review the podcast. Uh, just because it is the NFL offseason doesn't mean we're going to stop doing shows. We will be back every single week, Tuesday, noon Eastern. Uh, and next week, hopefully we'll ha- and we will have some results from the Combine so we can really start diving into uh, the NFL draft. So thank you all so much for watching and listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.